Liliana Tandon, welcome inside the crazy ant farm. How are you today? I'm great. How are you guys? Uh, you know, we're doing good, doing good. Living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> we're super excited to have you on the show, though. I mean, we're, you, you know, we're at that time of year. It's, you know, we're moving past. Well, shoot, the stores had us in Christmas like six months ago. I don't yeah, know exactly. how fast. You know, Before Halloween was even here. Exactly. Like. But, you know, with all the stuff kind of going on and everything, it's always fun to have guests on that got something really good and lighthearted and kind of, you know, let, let's talk about something fresh and, and happy. So we, we love that. So we are super excited to have you on the show, and I know the fans are going to love this one. Um, what we like to do, though, is kind of start off the interview with a little introduction for the fans who might not be familiar with you and, and how you got started. So let's talk about that. Was uh, acting always on the radar? Did you kind of know this is what I'm going to do for life, or did you kind of fall into it, or how'd you get started? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've wanted to be an actor since I was about 10 or 11. Um, before that time, I was very into horses. That was kind of my, oh. my dream in life was like, I loved horseback riding. That's like what I wanted to do. Um, and, uh, you know, you have to take those goals seriously when you're eight years old. Like that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. That's Definitely. right. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so I, I started attending a camp, a summer camp called Brown Ledge on Lake Champlain in Vermont, a beautiful camp um, that uh, it's, it wasn't a theater focused camp. They had everything, including horseback riding. <laughs> um, and so I, I went there. I have two older sisters who had, who had started at the camp before me. And as I said, I was set intent on, you know, I'm going to go do horseback riding. That's what I'm going to do. Um, but my older sister, Zandra, she auditioned for a play and she started acting there. Um, and I said, Hey, I want to, you know, cause I was, I'm the youngest. I copy everything my sisters do. <laughs> So I started, you know, oh, I want to do that. I want to do that. So I, you know, I started auditioning for plays there and, uh, and I, I got, I, uh, got very bitten by the bug. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, that camp was just amazing training, even though, you know, you're t 10 years old, but, um, they, it was eight weeks long sleepaway camp. And, uh, over the course of the summer, you did, you did three one act plays a week. Oh, so wow. you get cast in one of the three, you know, there were three plays that would be put on every week. You'd get cast in one on Sunday, rehearse all week, perform for the whole camp on Saturday. And then on Sunday, new set of auditions. Um, and then you would actually, we actually did a, a full length production in two weeks and a musical full length musical in two weeks. So, um, even, you know, starting in such a rigorous program, even when I was so young, it was an amazing way to, you know, learn how to learn lines really quickly. You had to build characters really fast and then kind of learn how to just shove that all out of your head and get in the next one the next week. You know, it's like, it is funny. I do feel as an adult, it is funny. I do feel that that has stayed with me, uh, the psychology of that, because I can learn lines super fast. I'm like really great at that. But a month after I'm done with a production, I like can't say any of my lines. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember anything anymore. So I really do think it's like, from that training you know it's like you learn to just learn it and you're the character and you're doing it and then once you're not doing it it's kind of like okay on to the next thing and that's not taking up too much of your brain space anymore no so no 
And, yeah, so that's kind of my how I got started. And that sounds hardcore. Like that camp is definitely not like cut out for any introverts at all, right? right? Like you just like <laughs> j- dive right in. You got to do all that right in front of the whole camp, and like oh, I yeah. mean, just like crazy right there. Yeah, is that where was... the um because you had the opportunity to develop characters and stuff like that? Because you're a writer, also, is that kind of where the whole writing kind of aspect came into it all? Also, or what? No, no, no. absolutely not. <laughs> I was. Um, I was solely an actor actor you know I was like I'm acting I'm acting in fact like you know not not even in a bad way but I do feel like you know recently as I you know I I went to NYU I went to Tisch um for college I was at the Stella Adler School of Acting and I was very much like no I'm gonna be an actor um and that was kind of really around the time where like YouTube was super popular people were making their own webs like making your own web series was like very popular right like what really people were doing and I was like no I'm gonna like be signed by William Morris within five years of being outside (laughs) of school and I'm gonna be winning my Oscar and I don't need to create my own web series um so I did kind of have a little bit of that um that attitude and then once once I got out of school my god this industry is just so hard um as I'm sure I don't need to tell you I'm sure you hear this from a lot of actors and everyone you know other people in the industry it's just so difficult and um and uh, I had an idea for a web series and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to make this web series. And after I did that, I mean, this industry, especially for actors, if you're not the one creating the project, if you're just the actor, it's really hard to feel any sort of control over your career, any sort of autonomy, any sort of like power in your job, because you're just waiting for other people to give you that, give you even an opportunity um, and give you a chance. So being able to create your own work and writing was, it was so empowering and it felt so amazing to be like, Oh my God, like I wrote that and I made it and that's my work and I I'm responsible for that. And it, it was an amazing feeling. So that's really how I, how I, uh, got hooked on, on writing. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, you brought it up, so let's talk about it. Period piece. (laughs) How does one come up with this concept? (laughs) Oh gosh. Um, yeah, it's, uh, uh, there was definitely wine involved. Oh, I can imagine. Yes. There you go. I love it already. It's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So my, my, my friend, uh, Rachel Kent and I, who actually has a role in, in my upcoming project, a ring for Christmas as well, which is awesome. Um, she and I are friends from college and, um, we were just sitting on her couch one day drinking wine and just laugh. We just started laughing at the pun and the double entendre of period piece. We were like, this is just funny. Um, and we kind of came up with this idea of this web series about women in different periods of history having their periods. So each episode <laughs> would be its own period piece liter- in the sense of like a film. You think of like a Pride and Prejudice, right. right? You think of a period piece, but it would be about period. So it would be very funny. And we kind of were laughing about this. And I, I woke up the next morning and I thought, you know what? That's actually a really funny idea. And I actually <laughs> think it would actually be good. Um, and that was right before the Me Too movement. It was like women were really at the forefront of the social conversation. It was like women's issues were like a huge, I mean, they still kind of are, but like, you know, there are other uh, kind of, issues take it you know at the forefront right now but that was at the time when like women's issues that was like a huge thing so I think we wrote uh so then I said I said you know what I'm just gonna do it like why not this is a perfect time I think it's a good uh time to write something like this with a female focus and um 
Plus, it was kind of something, you know, I was like, periods, they're not a big deal. I think it's a great way to also, I think comedy is a great way to talk about serious things because, you know, if you make people laugh, you kind of make them relax. You make Absolutely. them more comfortable, you know, and they're like, oh, this isn't a big deal. This is something that can be talked about. So, um, so yeah, so, yeah, as I said, each episode is its own uh, historical time period, uh, which was so fun to like research and, uh, and work on though, though I, will, <laughs> though I will say, though I will say, though I will say when I was making it, I was like, I picked, I wrote the worst show for no budget, <laughs> yeah. for no budget, because each episode is a different time period. It's different costumes. It's different settings. It's right. different everything. I was like, this is not like, oh, two girls roommates in New York web series. Like, it's like, no, it's like right. each one is like Victorian England. There's colonial America. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, so um, I'm very lucky that I have a, a group of extremely talented friends Um one of whom, you know, Amanda Robert is just one of my best friends and she did all the costumes. She's a costume designer. So she like what she could make for, you know, for no budget was just she's incredible. I mean, the costumes and everything are amazing. So I, I'm completely I mean, I get the research aspect of the period that you that you're trying to do the costuming and, and you know, maybe even the dialect and, and things. Like, how does one research like what was available or not available for, for, you know, how, how did, how did you address the period aspect of the period piece? Right. Um, I mean, how do you, how does one even go about researching something like that? It's like, I, I mean, and I'm sorry, I'm coming straight at it for, as a guy. I, I'm like literally clueless. How, yeah, right. how would you go about researching that? Like, yeah, no, I think it was, yeah, I think you say that like as a guy, I think this show is like perfect for men because it's like, it's so fun and funny that like, it's very, you know, approachable. It's not scary. you know. Like, it's right, right. Fun. I can imagine, yeah, you know, dozens of men going, what, they didn't have tampons back then? Like, I don't know, you know, because that's, we're guys, like. Right. Yeah. A lot of my friends were like, wow, this really kind of made me feel more comfortable, like talking about these things. Um, so that was great. Uh, but uh, to answer your question, I mean, so I tried to be as accurate, like I tried to find things that were true. You know, I, I was trying to stay away from kind of like gossipy sites or Wikipedia even like I was, tr I, I at first was very much like, okay, I'm going to use my NYU, like uh, databases that I have access to and try to like really do it. But at the end of the day, I was like, I have to find fun stuff to work with. So um, it definitely, what I will say about the show is like, yes, I, so I was just, I mean, I would just Google, like if I thought of a fun, like Victorian England, say like Victorian era, menstruation and just like see what just like see what comes up you know yeah. and, and um but what i will say about the show you know like if anyone decides to go watch it with it which they absolutely should it's very fun um, oh i know i am i i mean I, I definitely have to check it out yeah but what i will say is like take each episode with a grain of salt like it's 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 historical in the sense that like i did the research each um, episode opens with a card that kind of like states what the fact or the myth um, or the product type thing that I'm like playing with from that time period. But it is very, very exaggerated for it, for comedic effects. Like it's not, you know, it's not going to be something where you sit down and watch and you're seeing exactly how life was in those times. It's definitely exaggerated for, uh, for comedic effect. <laughs> 
Definitely, definitely. We should say it is definitely a YouTube phenomena. It's got like 1.6 million views on YouTube right now, probably a little bit more after we go and watch it. <laughs> um, um, with a YouTube web series, do you have to do the same as television and or film? Do you have to crew up and get like this whole team together to execute this action? Yeah, yeah. It was... Um as I said, though, I was, you know, this was kind of a fun thing that right. I was putting together with friends. This was not like a huge, uh, the first season, at least the second season, I did do a Kickstarter mm-hmm. uh, type thing to like crowdfund. Um, but the first season, yeah, it was really like bare bones. I just recruited all my friends to like help me out. Um, we got an awesome female DP who came in and she like had friends who had equipment. So it was really, we filmed a bunch in my apartment. We like filmed once in central park you know kind of guerrilla style like just set up a little thing you know no equipment no huge equipment or anything but like a little camera and right. central park um and uh, yeah so we kind of just really were were uh, doing it with what we had available or as i said you know we do have a victorian victorian era uh episode and like the women in those times had big bustles you know on the back <laughs> yeah. of their dresses but my girlfriend, Amanda, she just sewed together pillows and just, like, tucked them under. And, like, it, it looks incredible. It looks like a real bustle, but it's just, like, pillows from her couch that she, like, <laughs> sewed together. Um, so, you know, don't, you know, for anyone out there who wants to create their own work, like, don't be discouraged by no money. You can really make things happen for, for nothing if you get creative. Oh, my sure. gosh. Exactly. That's why I think this story is so important for people to hear because everybody has a camera now. Everybody has a smartphone. So you can oh go God. and get it done iPhone. with this yeah iphone cameras are crazy now i do i have like a nice nikon camera i do my auditions everything out on my iphone my iphone is better than my nikon it's crazy the cameras are amazing exactly exactly as long as you have this little tiny source of material you can get a lot of shit done in the entertainment mm-hmm. industry that's especially it. with like youtube just at like the tip of your fingers now and that's like a huge platform for people to go and even check out new talent that's coming to the entertainment industry like i think Mm -hmm. youtube in a sense is kind of like a casting director oh yeah 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 i mean yeah because look how many people have been discovered on youtube but uh, what i really love about it though is because we have so many up-and-comers that listen to this show that are trying to get in the industry and i mean fact is if you're a creator create yeah, I mean, there's no excuse nowadays with the technology that's out there, the platform of YouTube to put it out there, or Amazon even, to upload it. On, and the phone that, like you said, the camera, you, you could just, there's no reason for you not to create if you're a creator. I would argue, actually, even if you're not a creator, just do it. Like, I was not a writer. <laughs> I was not a writer. People always ask me, oh, did you, like, go to school? Did you study things? Like, no, I just... I read some books on like structure and all that kind of stuff. There are books you can get, but like, just try it. You never know. I was never someone who was like, I'm going to be a writer. I didn't go to school for it. Um, and so if you're just even an actor, if you're not even someone who considers yourself a creator, but you're feeling stuck in your career or feeling like you want some, some, uh, you know, some autonomy, some power, like I would suggest like, if you get a go- if you get an idea, just write it. Don't wait. Don't wait to try to, f- Oh, let me find a writer. Let me do No, just try it yourself. I thought would that. be my advice. We're yeah. putting that on a shirt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just try to do it yourself. I think, yeah, I just do it. I feel like that would be a good slogan right yeah i mean that one's not used before it's fine nike's knocking at our door like like what the hell nike don't sue me that's right that's right (laughs) that's so good um 
So, okay, so how do you make the transition? I guess because, you know, you said you went to NYU and, and Tish, and, and you did you started in the camp, and obviously that was stage. But um, but you said, though, that you were like, no, I'm going to win my Oscar. So was the plan ever to kind of do onstage Broadway work, or did you just want to say, no, I'm going to do film and television, and that's the route I'm going to take? Or how? what was your thought process on that? You know, I always loved film. I always loved movies. Like, I grew up, I watched so many movies. I was just such a... A movie person. Um, but I think as an actor, I kind of felt this, um, I mean, I love stage acting. I still do. And I do want to do that in my career for sure. But I think I've always had this, this love of movies that that's like really, really what I wanted to do. But going through the camp that, as you said, that was all stage uh, in my high school, you know, I did the plays and then going to NYU, especially where I was, I was, as I said, I was at the Stella Adler studio of acting and that's very traditional stage, um, stage training. And I, I was really focused on that. And as soon as I graduated, I was like, oh, but film and TV is kind of what, you know, what I wanted to focus on. So right. I do, I do think the, the training was good. Like, I don't think, um, I felt like I needed to be somewhere else, uh, to be getting a different type of training. I think it was great, but I think definitely film and TV was always, especially movies. That was kind of like what I what I had always wanted to do. Definitely. And I mean, talk about the transition a little bit. I mean, were you like so many actors we've had on before that came from stage that uh, approached like the camera, like this huge, big performance? Cause you know, they're performing for the back when in all reality, <laughs> right. they needed to like reel that in and uh, express their emotions through their like facial expressions. Were you like that as well? Yeah. I, I think there, there was definitely some of that. I think the, the key is, and I actually, I'm going to contradict something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to contradict myself what I just said five minutes ago, but or 30 seconds ago. But I do think actually there there is something to be said about um, I don't think it's the acting training, like learning how to act. Mm-hmm. I think learning how to act is pretty much like, OK, learning how to act is learning how to act. Right. And training training for that. But there is something to be said that they are different mediums, like a, a stage is different than a camera. But what I hate is that a lot of people in this industry, they say things like, oh, be smaller for camera, like be, be smaller, kind of what you just said, like you don't need to play for the back. Right. It's not about being smaller. It's, it's about learning how to use the camera mm. to do work for you. And it's, it's been interesting since I've graduated, I did take um, on-camera classes with Vance Barber at the Freeman studio. He's great. Um, and basically his training is like, you, you can just use this camera in so many amazing ways. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable how much work the camera just does for you, for you. Um, so he would show us like simple, if you just like put your eye line somewhere else, like you're not looking at the person in your scene with you, you just look down and your line is what? And if you just look up and say what at the same time, the camera's doing all that work for you. You know, mm. you don't have to like widen your eyes and move back and say what? Like just the simple act of lifting your head and looking is is incredible. So it's it's not about being smaller. It's not about like, you know, retraining yourself or or acting differently. It's about just learning how to use this instrument that that can actually do a lot of work 
for you. Mm, love that. Yeah, seriously, you're the first person that came on and has, like, give that little piece of knowledge because people normally, like, separate the two. But, I mean, you just brought it into, like, it's all one thing and just learn how to act for the camera and then it's all, like, the same thing. And coming from that aspect and kind of and approaching it with that type of a knowledge, I mean, the, the obvious question would be, do you see yourself moving behind the camera at some point and directing also? I don't know. I mean, I think I, I wouldn't say never. Um, I haven't directed that much in my life. I like, you know, directed a little play at camp, you know, at that camp I was at once, right. you know, so I, but I haven't really done much directing, directing. I do think though, as I've started creating my own work, I do, and I get this from my mother. Sorry, mom. But <laughs> I do, I do have some control issues. Like I, I want if I'm writing something and I have, I'm very visual, and if I can really visualize, I tend to kind of be like, oh, that's not how I pictured it, or something, you know, like. Right. So I, I do think it's not out of the realm of possibility for me, for sure. But I do know, as of right now, I'm very focused on writing for myself as an actor. Like everything I've written has had a part for me to play as an actor, and I don't know if I'm really ready to be like, okay, I can act as the lead in this movie and also direct it. That just I think is not, <laughs> is not in my wheelhouse at this moment um but you never know maybe maybe one day fair enough i mean and i love i love the honest approach to it yeah. too it's like yeah, yeah maybe not right now you know it's okay yeah, no. so you, you i tell you what though you sound like the perfect type creator for the the shift that we're seeing in the industry right now from you know the do- the dominance of the streamers now and and the need mm. please original content mm-hmm. we are constantly talking about you know we're so tired of the reboots and the remakes and the retreads yeah. and it's like there's so many great creators like yourself uh, who have these these wonderful original ideas that that these streamers could just eat up right now how do you how do you see the industry playing out are you a fan of of the direction that it seems to be moving in do you think that there's opportunity there for for people like yourself um or or what are your thoughts on it yeah absolutely i think it's i think it's awesome um someone someone who i have i've always looked up to uh legally blonde was my favorite movie as Mm. a young girl um i think I was ashamed of that for a long time. You know, like there was kind of like a thing like, oh, that's not a serious movie. But you look at that movie. It's so feminist. It's so empowering. It's like amazing. And Reese Witherspoon is just incredible. I mean, to play, people always say like, oh, that's not, you know, oh, it's just Legally Blonde. To play a role like that and still be super, you know, have the audience be cheering for you and everything. Oh, my God. She's just so great. But so my point is that Reese Witherspoon is someone that I I really admire. And I think her career, what she's doing right now with her company, Hello Sunshine, is just unbelievable. Like, you know, gathering books, you know, reading all these books that are written by women and then like making them into into, um, you know, film, film and 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 series uh, as well. I think what she's doing is incredible. And I think um, as, you know, as I'm sure no one will be surprised by from the content of my web series I made, I am, I am very, uh, I am very about women and I'm very much, you know, want to be, you know, lifting women up. And so I think something like what she's doing is just, is is a dream. I would love to, um, I would love to work with Hello Sunshine and I would love to like do something like that. I think what she's doing is just incredible. So I do, yeah, I think I, I agree. It's been, it gets exhausting when you see, oh my God, they're rebooting that again. Like, why do we need, why do we need that right now? We don't need another of that. Um, so I do think coming up with these original ideas and, and finding cool ways of 
bringing in different types. Like, as I said, she's working with authors as well. So I think it's cool to like be kind of multimedia like that, you know, like across disciplines and, and kind of lift up these different artists is really, really cool. So yeah, I'm definitely a fan of, of where the industry is going for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the streamers also give more opportunity to new up and comers trying to break into it as well. I mean, you see so many undiscovered talents actually get their series on or actually get the star in something that a streamer puts out just because Mm -hmm. I don't know I just feel like there's so much equal opportunity to go around with the streamers and we've been talking about it for years how the streamer was kind of gonna cut the cord for the cable providers and like you know the um network content but now it's kind of flip that flip siding that to where it's kind of eliminating the theatrical side not because of uh its actual content but because of covid and i mean Mm. the whole entertainment industry is shifting towards streaming unintentionally because of theatrical but intentionally because of uh I mean, network television, but the scripted content is definitely all on streaming right now. I mean, look at the Emmys. They're all like nominated for streaming content. So it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I do think being in COVID though and being in isolation has made people realize how much we should appreciate going to a movie theater and like going to see a movie. I mean, like, one example, my fiance, John, he's a huge James Bond fan. And Mm. he was like, and he was like, obviously I want to watch the new movie and obviously I'll watch it at home if it, if it ends up being just released on Netflix, but I want to go to the theater and I want to see it in the movie theater. So I really hope that like, that this helps, you know, kind of create a renaissance of like, oh, people want to go see the movies in the movie theater again. I do think, I mean, I'll say also, I'm really bad about it. And I'm trying to get into this industry. I'm like, I'm self-sabotaging my own industry. I don't even see see movies. So we have been trying to like, obviously before COVID, we were trying to go see more movies in the movie theater because I mean, they're streaming is great and I love it, but there isn't, it's not the same experience as as going to a movie theater. Okay. Well, let's talk about another movement that the streamers are kind of making and then we'll make the transition in because this only makes sense. I think Hallmark, found something that worked uh, and now it's worked for so long and been so successful that everybody is trying to copy it everybody is trying to do it (laughs) all of all of the streamers all all of the the, you know the the cable outlet they're all trying to capitalize on it they're doing christmas conventions for now for for christ it's so (laughs) weird how it's all kind of coming around obviously talking about christmas movies yeah so um let, let let's talk about it let's bring yours up a ring for christmas it's the latest project right you you wrote mm-hmm. and star in it so talk about that were, were you i mean because you're you're very bright that's obvious in, in the interview and you have a strong grasp of what's going on were you like okay christmas is booming Let, let's jump on this Let, let's let's get a movie out there because this is going to work right how where did the motivation <laughs> come from and, and talk about that how what's the whole process of how this came about yeah yeah it's a it's obviously you know completely different um you know completely different than period piece obviously you know. <laughs> oh darn <laughs> wholesome christmas movie That's family right. movie <laughs> um yeah it's kind of a 180 for me or, uh, you know but um yeah i again you know i'm kind of like i mean i kind of thought okay period piece 
We got 1.5, at that time, 1.5 million views. Okay, so let me just wait for the agents to call me and uh, uh, my career will start now. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I was just kind of waiting like, oh, great, I made this thing. Um, and it was it was a little shocking to, you know, this industry, as I said, it's so hard. And I, I really expected like, okay, I made this thing that has 1.5 million views on YouTube that I just did myself that, um, that, you know, agent, you know, people will be impressed by that. And I was surprised that they weren't in a way, you know, like <laughs> it was not, I was going to meet with these agents, you know, you can go to these houses that are, you know, these audition houses that you pay to meet agents. It's, it's such a racket. It's so awful, but, um, you, you pay and you go meet them and they can sign you or not. And, um, it, it was, it, it was still feeling like, okay, so no one really, no one really cares because I made it myself. Like it wasn't like, okay, I got cast in this thing and it still felt like I had work, you know, things to, to prove. So, you know, I, I think for most people, the next step would be a short film, something like that. But I was like, no feature film. I'm going right to a, <laughs> going right to a script, a screenplay, a full length uh, feature. And I, uh, you know, I have other projects that I'm working on, but for my first script, you know, I've always loved those. I'm such guilty pleasure, those Christmas movies, yes. you know, those made for TV movies. And I, I, I kind of love that they're having such a, such a moment right now, because again, as with the Legally Blonde thing I said earlier, like there was kind of a stigma around them, like these made for TV movies. Like it was kind of like, you don't admit that you like them, you know, because right. they're cheesy and whatever. Um, but now they're having such a moment, like people love them. So I think when it, came time to be writing something it was my first feature uh that I had ever written so I said what's something fun you know what's something kind of you know just like you have to follow a very certain structure with these movies these Christmas movies you know they have a set kind of trajectory to them so it's not overly complicated from the sense of a, of a writing perspective it's pretty easy from the sense of okay there it has to hit these points there's a romance there's a this um and uh so I just thought, you know, why not? Uh, that could be people love them. It will end up it will have it will get a home somewhere because networks are doing them, as you said, streaming's doing them. So I was like, it will find a home, even if I make this, you know, independently of a network, someone will want it. And then uh, and then I can have a, a feature under my belt as a writer and as as a, as an actress. So that's kind of where where making a Christmas movie, where that kind of <laughs> where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and I love I love the premise. You know, like you said, because it's it's very formulaic, right? Yeah, you like you said, there's mm -hmm. a romance, there's some there's some drama, then everything works out happy in the end, right? So, but a spoiled girl who gets cut off from her family money, oh, that's never good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 25 days before Christmas. So so I, the premise is she's basically – she has to get married to get the money back, right? Basically, uh, so she's this spoiled girl living in New York City off her family money, you know, kind of just, you know, living the high life, you know, not doing much. And, um, you know, she gets cut off uh, and her, her mother gives her 25 days. You have 25 days to sort yourself out and then you're getting cut off. So – but she discovers um, a trust fund fund that is set up for her that she will inherit once she gets married mm. so she so she says great i have 25 days let's find me a man to marry in those 25 <laughs> days um so i do think i do think she's different uh it was a very fun character to write uh, a very fun movie to write uh my character's name is angie um well because you know you got to do the cheesy i mean her name is angelica angel 
Angelica. So, so she's, uh, my character's name is Angie. She was so fun. Like, I, I do think she's different though. As I, as I said, um, she, she's not a typical, you know, what you'd consider like a Hallmark or like a, you know, like a made for TV Christmas movie, um, character. Cause she is very flawed. She's, She's not, I find that a lot of those movies, these made for TV Christmas movies, it's like the, this woman, the worst thing about her, she works so hard. So she doesn't have a husband, you know, like that's the worst thing about <laughs> yeah. her. And, um, and so I said, you know, as you know, from period piece, like I do have the little bit, you know, a feminist bent, like I do like to feel like I'm empowering women. So I was like, Ooh, what if I sneak it into a Christmas movie? That would be really fun um, to kind of sneak that in there. So I, I start with this woman who's very flawed. You find out there are reasons why she is that way. She's not just that way. There are things that have happened in her past that have, that have shaped her to be that way. Um, but then, you know, she goes home and she reconnects with her family and everything. And, but you get to see her grow and transform, but you don't, have, you don't see her sacrifice, which I think was very important to me. I, I didn't want it to be, you know, like a love or job choice. Mm-hmm. I feel like that, that often is, is a choice that's made or it's like, okay, she's got the guy and then the job is just never mentioned again. Like it's not implied, you know, maybe she doesn't leave her job, but it's just not part of the ending, you know, to be, um, about her job. So I think, you know, her growing and her, um, you know, becoming a better person, you know, and all these things and transforming without having to choose between different aspects of her life was, was really important for me. And it does, it does make it a little different. It is, it is a little bit of a, of a different, um, a different take, but I hope, I hope that the audience will appreciate that and will like it, you know, as, as being a little bit, a little bit different. I think, I think so. I mean, you know, because, they are so uh, formulaic in, in, mm-hmm. in a sense, and so to get something a little bit different, to have somebody tune in and think they know what's going to happen, and then have something you know happen that's like, oh wait a minute, I, I think that's going to go a long way. And the cast is phenomenal. I mean, oh, uh, God, I, yeah. I, well, I mean, it, Michael Gross, come on now. I mean, I'm old, so you know, Family Ties. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's fantastic. You know, Lorraine Bracco. Were you involved in the casting process of it as as well, or were you just kind of like as the writer, you say? the casting director comes in and says, Oh, we got such and such. And you're like, what? (laughs) So, yeah. So normally, normally as a writer, uh, you know, normally you just sell your script, you know, and then that's it. And you have no more, you don't have a say anymore. You know, the production takes it and the director takes it and that's it. Um, but I was, I was extremely lucky that, that I got, um, this team at StoryWorks, uh, our producers, Alex, Michael, and Jeffrey, um, they've made a ton of Christmas movies, but they, they knew that this was my baby coming in, you know? So, so they were so generous with me. They gave me a lot more kind of leeway than I think most, uh, writers or stars would get. So they did allow me to be in the process of casting, um, which was so nice of them. Um, as I mentioned, my friend, Rachel, like I got to cast a bunch of my, a couple of my friends in, in the supporting roles, which was so awesome, obviously to be able to, to do that. My friend Kate plays a really fun character, uh, Paulette. Uh, she's very, very fun. Kind of the, the kind of antagonist of the movie, uh, which was fun for her to play. So yeah, so they were, they were so nice uh, to allow me. And then obviously, I mean, hearing that we caught Lorraine and Michael was just, it was one of the best days, like 
learning that, that getting those emails from them. Um, they, they were kind of, they did take the lead on the, on the big roles like that, you know, like we had right. our wish lists. They, we had, we had our wish lists of, of who we wanted and then they offer it out and then, uh, and then, and we hope for the best. And I, I still, you know, can't believe it. Sometimes I still have to pinch myself, uh, that we, we got such a great cast. They were, they were both so wonderful to work with. I mean, Michael Gross is just, I mean, he's as nice as you'd picture, you know, as you'd imagine. He's so generous. He's so kind. Being an actor with him was such a gift. I mean, being in a scene with him, one of my favorite scenes is with him. I can't, uh, I won't spoil what the scene is. Yep. It's, an <laughs> it's, an it's an important scene. Um, but he, but, but he was just right there in the scene. I was like, he was so even when it was my close up, you know, and he's nowhere, you know, he's he knows he's not on camera, but he was sitting there. He was still giving me a hundred percent so that I could get the performance that we needed as well. So and he was just and then after we were done, oh, my gosh, he asked he asked me if we could take a picture together, <laughs> which, which which just like warmed me to the core of my soul. Like the fact that he knew that I would want a picture for, and like he didn't make me ask for it, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he just offered that. And, um, it just made, and it also made me feel like, Oh, he like enjoyed being here, you know, you know, the insecure person I am. Like, I was like, Oh, does he even want to be here? You know? <laughs> he, he was like, no, he like clearly wanted to be here and he wanted to remember being on set. And like, it was, so nice of him and um Lorraine Lorraine was so great to work with too I mean obviously she's an Academy Award nominee um but people know her from you know these really tough movies these really tough roles like right. The Sopranos and Goodfellas and stuff so I think it was fun for her to be in a completely different genre you know like <laughs> going from that kind of thing uh she did say at one point she was like I'm excited I have something my granddaughter can watch <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I gotta, I gotta be honest. When it, when I first read the name, I'm like, that. Yeah, Christmas movie's not the first thing I think. Like, you what? know, so exactly. Um, but she was awesome. She was so awesome. I think like she does bring a tough. I mean, she's New York. Like, you know, she does bring a toughness to this character that's just awesome. Like, it's 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 so perfect for the role. Um, which is why we were so happy we got her. And she was just such a team player. Her work ethic is unbelievable i mean it has to be if you get to her you know where she is uh in her career but um we uh this one day always sticks out we shot we shot in newburyport massachusetts in march which if anyone if you, who's listening is from the northeast you know that march is still the dead of winter like yes. that's freezing <laughs> yes it's not warm uh we shot a huge tree lighting a town tree lighting ceremony scene uh outside at night it was 12 degrees outside before <laughs> oh wind chill she was out there. It could have been so easy for her to be like, call me right before you say action. And then I'm going inside as soon as you say cut, you know, that, you know, I wouldn't even, I've been like, great. Um, <laughs> I understand. But you know, but she was out there with us. She was like struggling through it. Um, and it really set an example, you know, for everyone on the set, uh, especially, you know, there were extras who were just like townspeople who aren't even actors, you know, but they're like, if this, if this person can do it, then I can do it too. So she was such a, such a trooper and her work as i said her work ethic is just unbelievable oh that's awesome and i'm curious how what was the shooting schedule like how long did it take to shoot and what was the post-production schedule like oh it was it was a quick one um if you talk to if you you know know how i mean it was basically three weeks for the entire project um 
which was really, really fast. Yeah. I think the main shoot was even a little over, just over two weeks. I mean, like it was, a, it was, it, yeah, kind of for the main part of the shoot that we did in Massachusetts, it was like a little over two weeks, which is really, really rigorous. Um, yeah. it, it was a tough, I'm not going to lie. It was a tough shooting schedule. Um, but, but we had, you know, a great crew, a great cast. Everyone kind of tried to keep their spirits up. It was <laughs> yeah. tough. It was definitely tough sometimes. I mean, shooting outside, um, in the cold was really tough, but for us, um, it, it really helped raise the production value we felt cause we had real snow. I mean, you mm. can see the actor's breath when we're outside, when we're talking, I mean, it just really raised, I think it makes it so beautiful. So it was worth it, you know, looking back, but it was definitely tough. Um, tough when we were doing it. So, and then we, um, we did the post-production. So we shot in 2019 in mm -hmm. March and then we, you know, we're in post-production and there were some things that we felt like, okay, we can, we can, uh, add a little more, you know, Christmassy stuff and, you know, kind of make it, make it perfect. Mm -hmm. So we did do some reshoots, uh, at the beginning of this year, thank God, right before the lockdown. Oh my God. I was in LA <laughs> oh in February, goodness. in February. So we like really just made it, um, made it in there. And then the post-production has been happening all summer this year. Um, and then, uh, working towards getting it ready for up TV. Yeah. So. I, and I think it's going to do huge numbers. I mean, I honestly, like, like I said, it sounds fantastic. You can just tell the enthusiasm and passion that you have for it. It, it just ekes through in everything that you're talking about the, the you know, so that's going to translate on screen, no doubt about it. Um, I think it's going to be huge. And like I said, that, you know, these type movies are just slaying right now. And unfortunately yeah. we are in a time where people are going to be home and they're going to be watching it and they're going to be looking for happy things to watch exactly. because we yeah. need that escape right now. So I think it's going to hit at a perfect time for you. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting yeah. for sure. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I was, I was obviously like kind of disappointed when we felt like it wasn't going to come out last year and mm -hmm. we were like, okay, but we need, we need to, I mean, you can't rush these things, you know, no. it's not. If you need to make some changes, you need to make some changes. I tend to get a little impatient, so it's something I'm working on. Um, but <laughs> but uh, I, I think I'm so glad, obviously, we waited. And then, as you said, I think this is the perfect year for it to come out. I mean, people really need people. The, the holidays can't come soon enough this year. Agreed. I think people are, people are really ready for that. And um, they want some cheer. They want some joy. They want to sit down and watch movies and know that it's going to end happily. You know, they don't want any uncertainty, you know, and um, I think especially since some people won't be able to be with their families, they want to be able to feel that warmth and coziness, you know. So I think these movies are good. I'm sure these movies are going to do very well, very, Absolutely. very well this year. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, definitely. Uh, listen, thank you so much for getting a little crazy with us today because you've been an <laughs> absolute joy to have on the show. Um, what we like to do at the end of each guest segment is have our guests leave a little piece of advice for the upcomers trying to break into the entertainment industry and what pitfalls would you say to try to avoid? Oh, sure. I mean, I kind of already said kind of what my big advice was earlier, but I, I'll, I'll say it again. Like, I think if you feel stuck, if you feel, okay, uh, I don't, I haven't been given this opportunity. Someone hasn't given me the green light. I would say if you get an idea for a little short, a web series, anything like that, even a, a feature film, like anything, um, just do, just write it, honestly, like just try. Um, there are some books you can read. Save the Cat is a great one. There are a lot of screenwriting books you can read. Um, and just really like 
try it because you might surprise yourself and the feeling of of being in control in this industry um especially this year i mean right now it's like the whole everything is so uncertain so i think um that that would be kind of my biggest piece of advice just try to i mean as you said earlier iphone cameras are great just just film something with your friends and um and you never know what could happen that's it um yeah pitfalls everything feels like a pitfall these days. <laughs> <It's so hard. laughs> I think doubting yourself, I think doubting yourself. And, um, a big one for me was, was not to sound not humble or anything, but not allowing, I think this is a big thing for women, especially is not allowing yourself to be proud of your accomplishments. Um, it was a big thing for me. I think I was, I was really hard on myself making this movie. Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. Um, I was really hard on myself and like thinking it wasn't good enough and, and really feeling like, uh, like I could have done this better. I could have done that better. I wish this had gone differently. I wish we had done this better. Um, but I think just try to allow yourself to be proud of, of, of what you accomplish. I think nothing, nothing is, I mean, obviously a feature film is a big thing, but nothing is too small or too large to be celebrated. And Mm. I think especially right now, uh, try to try to give yourself a pat on the back and and not be so hard on yourself and it's it's hard for everybody right now so so try to find you know some celebration in in your small accomplishments definitely well from both of us and everybody here at crazy ant media and in, inside the crazy ant farm we just want to say congratulations because this is a huge thing for you and we're super happy that you were able to come on the show and talk about it because it is such a huge milestone and we're we're happy for you we're really happy for you and, and we're you. definitely going to be watching both yeah Yes, exactly. <laughs> We're going to be watching the YouTube series and the Christmas movie. It uh, will be a completely different uh, experience. Hell yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> well, we want to tell everybody, uh, you know, the Christmas movie, A Ring for Christmas, uh, Up TV, November 8th. So we want to make sure everybody knows the date of when they can watch that. And are you on social media? Where can everybody follow you? Yeah, yeah. I'm on Instagram at ltandon. Um, I'm trying to be better about using my Twitter. That's <laughs> <laughs> at Liliana Tandon. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, I, I, I forget what I was going to say. My brain is <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> my brain is all... Oh, oh, this is what I was going to say. Um, I'm supposed to be plugging the movie, right? Okay. A ring for Christmas. Yeah, so, <laughs> so it will be, um, it's, it's premiering November 8th, but it will be available throughout the Christmas season. It's going to be playing, awesome. uh, many times. So check up tv.com. Uh, up that's uptv.com um they have a full schedule of when it'll be and if you don't have cable you can still watch um you can get there's a there's an app called philo p-h-i-l-o uh philo.com you can sign up for a seven-day free trial and watch live tv right on your computer or on your smart tv um and so you can still watch the live tv without without cable there you go what, look at you marketing right? queen right there boy she <laughs> she knows it's all about okay <laughs> boy you have just been a gem to talk to like like open invite anytime you want to come back and chat or you have anything you want to talk about even if it's not a project you just want to come on and shoot the shit we'd be happy I mean, to have you uh, you guys were so lo- this was so, such a fun interview you guys are great to talk to so i might i'll just i have your number now on my phone i'll just call the <laughs> anytime, well, anytime yeah. man. we do top five segments and all kinds of fun stuff you know you got a subject just come on in we'll talk it'll be fantastic <laughs> well listen thanks so much and i'm telling you what i'm just gonna send a link to uh 
period piece to uh, uh, Reese Witherspoon because I think she oh, would be like, oh, no, I need to work with this girl. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I tweeted it at her when I made it, so I might have already tried. <laughs> well, you know. We, we get a we, whole I campaign like, behind it. That's right. We're going to put the power of Crazy Ant behind it. We'll see what we can do because you said Perfect. boy. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. Listen, take care. Have a great holiday season and everything. Best of luck in the future. And uh, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. Hope hope, hope you make it to 2021. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Take care now. Thanks. Bye-bye. So good, man. So good. So honest and so real about what's happening in the entertainment industry. I love how she didn't sugarcoat anything. She's no. like, no, this business is hard as shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I mean, but it, it, and on, then on the flip side of that, she's the shining example of this is somebody who wasn't even – it wasn't even on the radar of this is what I want to do for a living. Exactly. But then shows that if you put it in, you put the dedication, and 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 you have fun with it, you can do anything you want. Exactly. And I mean, it's so good, so good. Hell yeah, hell yeah! Thank you again, Liara, for coming on the show.